Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Wavebreak. We're coming up on 200 episodes of the podcast. What is that? That's like, is that almost four years? One episode a week, 52 weeks in a year. It's almost four years of episodes. Can you believe it? Wow. Time really flies. I want to say thank you so much for being a listener of the show. It's been awesome to watch the show grow. It's one of the the most fun things I do. Honestly, sometimes I forget that I do it just because it's just become, you know, such a part of me and what I do. It's just like I just do it. And that's what what I love about it is um you know every week that was my rule when i launched and let me tell you i was scared to launch i was scared to record my first episode i'd never done it before i was a guest on like two podcasts before i started the show um so i was super nervous to do that and then i recorded like five episodes to start or six or maybe even 10 i don't know but then i procrastinated launching the show for like six months and i finally did it in january of I guess 2018. So yeah, we would we are coming up on uh oh my goodness, math. 2018, 2022. So that would make sense. Um my strength is definitely on the market on the creative side of marketing, I'll say, and definitely not the math side, but we've calculators and analysts for that, am I right? Um but yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Um you know, it's been awesome watching the guests grow and everything and just kind of reminiscing here i haven't come on the mic in a while solo i did one back in june i think around ios 15 um i was a little bit out of breath in that one pacing around on my iphone so 
if, if I sounded out of breath, it's because I was pacing around. <laughs> I am in the office for this one, um, but I want to talk about want to talk about some topics. I'm going to keep it casual, but drop some uh, interesting insights and, and info. Um, add some of my opinion to the marketplace right now. We've got some really exciting podcasts in the pipeline. Um, and a surprise for the podcast that's coming up probably in the next week or two. So I'm really excited for that. But um, yeah, I'm excited to excited to dive in today. There's a few topics that I want to talk about. They're not all related. We'll see how many I get into. Um, but I'm just going to call this like the state of email and SMS marketing of 2021. And uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. So I'm going to be talking about email, I'm going to be talking marketing, I'm going to be talking strategy, I'm going to be talking creative, I'll be talking like how to grow a DTC brand. So actually, let's start there. So I want to talk about how to grow a DTC, D2C, e-commerce, Shopify, Magento brand. How do you grow online retail revenue, right? First things first, we all need to collectively decide on a name for this. Are we D2C? Are we? I feel like it changes... And now I think we're D2C with the number two. We got to decide on a name for ourselves. Like, what, what are we here? Anyway, we'll decide on that later. Let me know what we're, we, we're called here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just, I've been able to see over the last like six years since I started Wavebreak, a lot of brands grow, and I've also seen a lot of brands die. So... I've seen companies go from zero to a million a month in like four or five months. I've seen comp- bootstrapped. I've seen companies go from 10 million to 100 million in two years. I've seen companies go from 5 million to 25 million in 12 months. And I've also seen companies go from doing significant revenue back down to zero really quickly. And it's just kind of interesting the patterns that I've picked up on. I think that's what's so interesting about agencies and software companies and that's why i like to do a lot of webinars with other software companies because they have the most data same with us as an agency like we have a lot of data and that's what gives us an advantage over the competition is and and, you know in-house teams and everything is like we have all this data we've already tested everything and so we know what works and what doesn't and we can see these patterns and so one of the biggest patterns i see and i think a lot of listeners on this show are like this too you know some of you are marketing leaders some of you are e-commerce leaders but we also have a lot of bootstrapped founder ceos on who listen to the podcast and so that's kind of who i want to highlight is like bootstrap founder ceos like how do they go and grow fast so i've interviewed a lot of these people some of them you know maybe end up raising money some of them haven't but just some examples on the show like i've interviewed some people who have you know founder ceo they grow the business to three million a year and then the next year i check in with them and they're at 1.5 million a year right they can't figure it out other founder ceos grow massively, right? So like, you know, think of the uh, Vanity Planet with Alex Dasmalchi episode, uh, Stephen Brelli from Cuts Clothing, like they grow really fast. And then also too, if you think about the marketplace, like who everybody looks up to, like people look up to, you know, Movement Watches, Pure Vita Bracelets, Blenders Eyewear, all these people. <clears throat> but a lot of people don't actually emulate them. And so I'll show like what, I want to talk about what our most successful clients do. So what do they do? specifically bootstrap CEOs, because I see this problem in bootstrap CEOs. The biggest problem with bootstrap CEOs, founder CEOs, is not acting like CEOs. So what does that mean? So a lot of bootstrap CEOs view the business's money as their money. 
but the most successful founder CEOs who bootstrap and end up growing and having an exit like Pura Vida of $100 million, think about their money like it's not their money. They invest in growth like they have investors. They invest in the right technology. Our fastest growing clients are never like, oh, what is the cheapest way I can do this? Like, let me use, judge me. Like, honestly, our fastest clients look at Yapo and Okendo and they're like, boom, we'll take it. Like, they don't spend on the cheapest solution. They spend on the best solution. Sometimes it is more affordable, right? Shopify Plus, typically more affordable than Salesforce Commerce Cloud, (laughs) right? And it is better if you want speed, right? And so that is an important thing that I see in the marketplace, like a big mistake that I see a lot of bootstrap CEOs making. They're impatient and they don't view their money, they, they don't view their money as like an investment and they don't view it as the company money, they view it as like their own money. And it ends up hurting them because they could spend more to make more money. Like I was even listening to a podcast today, it's like these, these companies in the middle of the pandemic were like doing, they had products that were very focused on that audience that would have been successful in the pandemic. You know, think frozen food, think toys for home, you know, for, for kids and, you know, puzzles, that sort of thing. And they paused all their spending because they were like freaking out, but there was a huge opportunity in the market. And that's the thing I was saying, the most successful CEOs like that I've seen who are bootstrapped that they get right is they almost act like they've raised funding and they're not spending their money. They're looking at like, how do I get an ROI out of this? How do I drive growth? Like I have investors. And I just think it's interesting. And then a lot of brands will try to copy these people and then they'll wonder why they're not at 50 million a year in revenue when they're trying to save their way to growth. And I'm not saying, you know, spend money and like spend money on Facebook ads if they're not profitable. But if you're not willing to spend the money, you're not gonna be able to make the money, especially as a bootstrap brand. It's really hard. And I know it's really hard, right? We see this all the time. I bootstrapped an agency. That's really hard too. It's pretty much the same thing. Like you're, if you wanna be a $10 million D2C brand, you need but you're only doing you know, $5 million a year in revenue. Well, you need $10 million a year in inventory and you need to spend the budget of a $10 million brand to get to that $10 million in revenue, but you're only a $5 million business. That's really tough. But if you can be strategic about how you spend that money and let go of it when, when it makes sense, and then when something's working, let go of more money because you know more is gonna come back because you're gonna get the return, it's gonna change the game for you. Like, there's a lot of monkey see monkey do in the industry, but I think it's a lot of it's wrong. It's like, oh, I like the way their ads look. Let me copy those. But what you should actually be studying is the CEOs of the company and how they think. So like Alex Dusmalchi Vanity Planet episode. I think I've replayed it on the show like two or three times. Why? Because I learned something new every time. But I think what's most interesting about Alex, founder and CEO of Vanity Planet and Dusmalchi, which is his like collective of brands, is the way he thinks about growth. Not that the takeaway is not, oh, influencer marketing, let's scale influencer marketing. The takeaway is, he says, I found out influencer marketing was working and then we grew that team to zero to like 25 people in the next few months. So what is the actual lesson in that? His execution, he found something that worked and he scaled it up. Meanwhile, there's kind of like this, a little bit of timidness I found on a lot of bootstrap CEOs where they're like, eh, like, oh, I'm getting a good return, but I wanna get a better return. So like, let me just dip my toes in. But the problem is this industry moves so fast that you miss the opportunity and your ROAS isn't going to improve three months from now and it's definitely not going to improve three years from now. And so you got to move when the time is right, not view your money as yours and really uh, view the business like you're the CEO of it, like you've raised money too. And the next piece to think about there too is I see this mistake as well is a brokenness in strategy. 
So what I mean by that is so many brands are flying by the seat of their pants when all you have to do is like disappear for a weekend. You don't even have to disappear for a week. Disappear from a weekend and outline an actual strategy. Instead of like the night before be like, oh, maybe we should do this tomorrow. Like if you actually plan a long-term strategy and you do it based on your existing data, you'll be really successful. But most people never slow down to actually really look at the data. Like they look at the data, but then they make decisions on a daily basis and it's kind of impatient. It's like, oh, this ad's not working. Let's turn it off. Um, you know, oh, let's look at the analytics. Oh, it's not profitable. Let's do this and this and this. Instead of like zooming out and being like, hey, here's the whole picture and slowing down and understanding that. And then having a long-term strategy that you actually deploy. And it doesn't mean test. It doesn't mean shut off your, don't shut off your unprofitable ads. But what I see too is like the fastest growing brands are the most strategic and methodical. They're not rushed and, and f- like freaking out all the time and like their hair is not spiked in the wrong, like, you know, they're not like struck by lightning. They're not frazzled at all. They're very calm, cool, and collected. And they follow a process and they move quickly. But they take the time to step back, look at the numbers, and then put together a strategy to actually grow and then they follow it. Yes, they pivot on the fly, but so many people would benefit for just slowing down for a weekend and looking at everything and putting together a strategy till the end of the year. Like, you know, even for like Black Friday, right? Determining your Black Friday offer will go back over your historical data and find out like, you know, which, what the conversion rate of each discount you offer is and then look at the profitability of it. So you're not flying by the seat of your pants and you don't come to January 1 or whenever it ends up being and you realize like, oh shoot, we weren't able to float the cash flow because we didn't really plan this out. We just went like, ah, let's, uh, let's do 30% off. Cause we normally do 20. And like, that's what you do on black Friday. Like it, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And so when you start to think like a CEO, and even if you're a marketing leader, like you, you need to slow down. And like, I think there's people who think that by slowing down, you end up getting less results. But what ends up happening is you can go deeper when you move slower. So you can go deeper so what does that mean? So when you're flying by the seat of your pants, you're going day to day, like you can test a lot of things, but you can only dip your toes in maybe 10% at most. Um, and so if you actually slow down and you can go all in on a channel or all in on a strategy, you can actually see if it works. That's the other thing. You have to have the patience to let these strategies pay off, especially now as a lot of brands are moving to you know an LTV model to acquire customers because it's not as profitable to acquire customers on the first purchase. Like, you're going to have to get patient. The most patient brand is going to win. So take a step back and really be strategic. And this feeds into my next point, which a lot of brands have broken strategies. They don't, and I think the biggest opportunity and area for growth, and I think I talked about this with um, Jeremy from Messenger Mastermind on my podcast or his podcast, but we talked about launching new products. Launching new products is great, but so many brands just make up something that's like, hey, like, you know, we sell watches, like we should launch bracelets. Maybe that's the right answer. Maybe it's not. Um, But key piece to slowing down is slow down and then be strategic about what products you actually want to launch. So there's a strategy called the edge strategy, which is instead of launching into like completely new vertical that like doesn't make any sense, you just like introduce products like around the edge of what you already do. So it's not completely different. And there's, there's a, it's a lot more in depth than that. But what I see is a lot of people just launch products for the sake of launching products. Like, oh, like it makes sense to launch XYZ, but does it actually? 
Um, so how do you actually figure out how to launch products? Like really talk to your customers and understand them and like what they're looking for. Uh, we have a customer who, uh, you know, their customers are always like, hey, like we wish you launched XYZ product. You just send an email and ask people like, hey, what, what do you wish we offered? Um, and sometimes too, like brands are actually offering those products and they're just doing a bad job of communicating those extra products. But I think that's the biggest opportunity that I see because your strategy is broken in terms of being able to get people to come back and repeat. And so the better, the easier you make it for people to come back and you have more opportunities for people to buy, the easier it is to get people to come back. Like, you know, if you're selling something that isn't very repeatable, it's going to be really hard to switch to LTV model. Like email's not going to work as well for you. All these things aren't going to work as well for you. Like you need to start baking this into your strategy since, since retention and repeat purchase is becoming so important. Um, it needs to be part of your overall business strategy. Instead of just thinking like, how do we launch new ads? How do we launch new ad channels or acquisition channels? Um, you also have to think about like, how do we get our existing customers to buy more? And it's an incredible lever, right? Um, you know, a small percent increase of that. I think it's like 5% will lead to like an increase in 95% of profit for the average business compared to like, I forget some Harvard business study. I forget the exact numbers, but we've all seen that quote somewhere. But it's true. But you can't get people to come back if you don't make it easy for them to come back with a smart launch strategy. And I don't even mean email campaign strategy. I'm talking about actually figuring out which products to launch. If you launch the right products, um, the email campaigns are going to do great. Your ads are going to do awesome. And you're going to have a lot more profitability, which is going to make it easier to um, you know, float in weather and increase CAC, which CAC is just going to keep going up. ROAS is going to keep going down just because it's getting more and more competitive. And a lot of brands are trying to think like, oh, like how do we find new acquisition channels that aren't as ripe? Well, ultimately, you're going to need to make a bigger, more fundamental shift, which is like, how do you build a real brand where people come back and they spend the most possible with you? So strategy is broken. You're not launching new products smartly. There's other pieces here too. Um, so just like not really understanding your data and analytics at a deep level, like dashboards are great, but they only go so far. Like actually use that data to make decisions. And stop basing up intuition. Intuition's strong, but back it up with data. So your strategy's broken. What now? Your marketing budget's broken. So, so many brands have a broken marketing budget, especially if you're spending over 100K a month on Facebook ads. This is for you because so many brands just have a completely broken marketing budget. It's pretty much 100% focused on customer acquisition. And then of that, it's pretty much 100% focused on Facebook ads. Instagram ads, right? Anything you can run inside Facebook uh, ads manager, <laughs> right? Um, and why is this broken? Well, it's just interesting to me because everybody is investing into Facebook ads that have a declining and declining return. And once again, I'm not anti-Facebook ads. You need customer acquisition to have a successful business. You can't just stop getting customers and then expect to have a great business. You need strong customer acquisition. But the biggest opportunity I see for brands is pretty much everybody is under-investing in customer retention. They're not spending even close to a fraction of their ad spend on retention. You know, they maybe are spending a thousand bucks a month on Klaviyo, a few thousand bucks a month on Attentive or Postscript, but that's pretty much it compared to their, you know, 100K a month or 200K, 500K, you know, maybe even 100K a day Facebook ads budget. And this presents a huge opportunity because there are so few people focusing on actually spending and investing in those chan- in, in, on the back end and on those channels that the brands who do it right are going to see significantly more growth and they're going to grow a lot easier. We see this all the time. So one of our clients came to us, they were doing about $5 million a year. Uh, they were getting a decent amount of revenue from email, but we were able to kick that up about, I think it was 
maybe like 50%. So they were already pretty established, already doing pretty good with email. So we kicked up their email contributed revenue by like 50%. And then what that did was it added a ton of profit to the business that wasn't previously there. And what it allowed them to do was scale up their ads even more. And so by shifting some of your ad spend budget to retention, you're actually gonna just unlock growth as a business that's even better. So that's kind of where the marketing budget is broken is like you're actually gonna drive more revenue just because you're not spending it on a Facebook ad. It doesn't mean that it's not gonna drive revenue. And I think the biggest opportunity for brands and where their marketing budget is broken is they're pretty much all in on investing in acquisition, but barely investing in retention. You can even see this with like public companies, but retention is gonna be the make or break of brands. It's not even like just retention, it's really loyalty. Like if you look at any brand that survived the last multiple decades, it's the brand that has loyalty. So I love to give the example of like you watch Stranger Things, you look at all the brands that are in the mall, how many of them still exist? It's like Nike and Adidas are pretty much the only ones that still exist. Why is that? Great brand loyalty, really strong brand, and that's kind of what you want to emulate. But even let's say like, oh, I don't want to build a 50-year brand. You know, I'm just trying to build an exit in the next, you know, two to five years or whatever. Well, the problem with digital is that anybody can be your competitor and anybody can overtake you overnight. And so your time is really limited. And we really have this like ticking time bomb of like, what happens if Facebook starts driving negative ROAS for everybody? The ROAS keeps getting lower and lower. You know, if you look at trends, probably within the next year or two, you're not going to be able to drive a profit on that first customer on Facebook. At the same time, you know, is a channel like Snapchat or TikTok going to be more effective out of the gate? I don't know, you know, hopefully, but the biggest opportunity comes back to your strategy. Like if you're able to keep people coming back and you're launching new products and you can get revenue from there and you can cultivate that from your existing customer base, you're going to be in a much better spot. You're going to be able to grow faster and then your numbers are going to look better. And then we've had clients who went and exited their business. And, uh, and so like maybe take a step back here, like what does it mean to invest your money in retention outside of acquisition? It's like invest in a good team to run your program. Invest in outside consultants and strategists like Wavebreak who can help you pull levers that we've pulled for other brands before to help them go from 5 million to 25 million in a year by adding a great lifecycle email and SMS program to their business or go from 10 million to 100 million in two years because they have that added profit, they can spend more aggressively and you just hit better numbers because your revenue per visitor is higher or whatever your key North Star metric is for for driving conversion, driving revenue, like email and retention channels just make it all better. The conversion rates way higher. Like we have some clients who are seeing like 20 to 50% conversion rates on email traffic right? You can't beat that from any cold or even like, you know, some retargeting ads like aren't going to pull those numbers. And so if you really want to grow, like shift your budget into retention and just watch some magic happen. It's going to actually enable you to drive even more revenue without spending more money. And and then when you go to spend more money, you're going to have a more profitable engine and it's super scalable. And if I look at some of the clients at Waybreak, like, you know, we, we see clients put a dollar in and get a hundred dollar out. $100 out. It's an incredible ROI. And if you're not investing in retention and you're not and you don't have a place to put a dollar in and get $100 out, but that opportunity is there, somebody is going to do that and they're going to be it's going to be your competitor and they're going to run you into the ground because you're not going to be able to keep up because their LTV is going to be higher, they're you know, they just have that extra profit in their business that makes growth a lot easier and then you're just not going to be able to keep up with them as CAC continues to increase. And so what is the moral of the story here? Well, your marketing budget is broken. It's too focused on acquisition and you need to diversify some of that spend over to retention. 
Now, don't go and flip your budget completely overnight. What's great about retention is it's so profitable. A little budget goes a long way, but actually focus on investing in those channels. Um, and the lowest hanging fruit of that is email and text. Like if you don't have a great email and text program, that's exactly where you should start. Don't go launch a loyalty program tomorrow. Don't go launch an app tomorrow. Those are great strategies, but email and text for so many brands are such low hanging fruit. That's where you need to start. Don't overcomplicate it. Do it great. So how do you do email great? Changes all the time, but ultimately it comes down to a few things. One, strategy. As long as you have a good strategy, you'll be successful with email. What does that mean? It does not mean send X times a month. It does not mean these are your must-have sequences. It does not mean this is the best send time. It does not mean use emojis in your subject line. What it actually means is align your strategy to your business and to your customer journey. So we work with clients who sell mattresses. We work with clients who sell phone cases. Very different customers. But we're successful with both because we understand and map our program to the customer journey. You can use the best practice abandoned cart all you want from our phone case client. If you're using it to sell a mattress, it's not going to work. And so what you need to understand is how and why people buy and then add email and text to really accelerate it. And what that does is it just increases things across the board. Back to the example, like, you know, if you're aligned, if your email program is aligned with your customer journey, when people abandon carts, you're going to get more people checking out because you're recovering them because you're actually thinking about why people don't buy and then retargeting them. So advanced strategy is the first place and actually having a strategy that aligns with your business and your customer journey. You can't create a customer journey. You have to rely on the data, but then you to understand what your existing customer journey is, but then you can accelerate it and you can take away the roadblocks just like you would with conversion rate optimization. You can do what we call retention marketing optimization, which is like, where are the gaps and the reasons why people might not come back and then take away the barriers that might be in the way from that. So Maybe people don't even know you have a product. That was a recent example. So I, I said, you know, this launch strategy, ask your customers what you should launch. Maybe your customers, this happened with a recent client, are saying you should launch a product that already exists. Well, that presents a huge opportunity to get a massive amount of repeat customers by communicating that at the right point in the customer journey. So, you know, maybe you sell a coffee maker and they're like, wow, I love this coffee maker. It'd be great if they also sell coffee, right? But your ad in your landing page was just focused on the machine. If you don't have the right sequence set up on the back end through email and text communicating that, people don't even know about it and you miss out on so much added profit that's already in the business, that's already within the customer journey that you're not helping um, accelerate. And so that's where it starts is it starts with the customer journey and where you're missing out on the opportunities. It starts with a great strategy. That's how you do a great strategy. And then the rest just falls into place. The next piece that I think is very important or that I know is very important is email creative, text creative. Everybody's investing so much in their Facebook ads creative because it's make or break. What is a huge untapped opportunity for so many brands? Email creative. They're sending emails that don't look good. They're sending emails where they're not strategic about it. If you don't have great email creative, you're leaving a lot of email revenue on the table. We've tested this with clients. Uh, We had some clients we started earlier this year. We're like, hey, our number one focus, let's get creative and let's optimize your creative on the email channel. And what we've seen is engagement has gone up and revenue has gone up from every single email we sent. We didn't change what we're sending. We didn't send more emails. We didn't change anything except what the email actually looked like. But because we're sending emails that look good and really stand out in a crowded inbox, we're getting more people opening and more people buying. And this is just over the course of six months. We've seen the same thing happen across multiple accounts, across hundreds of email campaigns. And it's true. 
Email creative is so untapped for so many brands. And if you get it right, you can see a lot more revenue just by improving creative. It's not easy, but if you can do that, you can see a lot more revenue. And then the last piece is just understanding your data and building a really data-driven strategy. So it comes back to that strategy point, but it's more data-driven. So for example, a lot of people are really afraid of iOS 15. That's because it's going to get rid of open rates on Apple. And a lot of people segment based on open rates because it's an easy, lazy way to segment. If somebody opened an email the last few months, they're probably going to open the next one. And so you get a good open rate. But what people don't actually look at is like, who's actually converting from email? Who's not converting from email? And then focusing on nurturing those specific segments. And then what you end up doing is you end up driving more revenue and you might even be sending less email. We've even tested that. I should do a separate podcast on that. We've tested with clients like, um, you know, basically sending to the whole list for, you know, eight emails a month and then scaling it up to 15 to the whole list and then sending 15 hyper segmented emails. And we found that sending more email doesn't necessarily increase revenue. Sending better email does. Sending better texts do. Because everybody's sending email and text, so it's not enough to just send more. Like that's kind of like a you know easy quick win tactic. Because, but in theory, it doesn't even necessarily work. And so the last piece I'll leave you with is focus on quality over quantity. Ideally, both. Like send enough that you know you're driving as much revenue as possible from email, but send high quality enough so that you're minimizing attrition and unsubscribes. And that's really important. But at the end of the day. It's really simple. Invest in the highest ROI channels. So think about if you're a bootstrap CEO, pretend that the business money is investor money. Don't go blow it on a, I'm not saying blow it on a pool table or I don't know, PS5. Is it, are we on the PS5? I feel like the PS4, I want to say PS4, but I think it's PS5 now. That shows like, I, I guess I work a lot. I work too much. You know, I don't even know what the latest, latest console is. I guess it's PS5. I don't even know where I'm going with that. PS5. Anyway, here's what I'm trying to say. So if you're a bootstrap CEO, but you're not acting like a CEO, that's a number one growth lever you can pull. If you're not being strategic and slowing down and planning out your growth strategy for the long term, that's the number one lever you can pull. If your marketing budget is over-investing in acquisition and you're not investing in retention at all, that's a number one lever you can pull. If your email strategy is working, but you don't have great creative, that's a huge lever you can pull. If you're not data-driven with your strategy, huge lever you can pull. A lot of people are looking for tactics, they're looking for channels, and they're looking for all these things, but it's really simple when you actually think about it. And like I said, I learned this from seeing patterns of growing so many brands over the last five, six years. It's quite simple. You find an opportunity, you invest in it. If it works well, you continue to double down. And so whatever stage you're at in your journey, if this is where you're at, just, just focus on the first thing. So if you're a CEO, you haven't been acting like a CEO, you've been holding too much onto your money, start to think about where you can deploy that money that's already profitable. You don't have to go test something new, but I bet your half-baked email program's doing pretty well, typically does. And so that's where Waybreak fits in too, is like we help you make that shift uh, from, like give you a place to put that money to invest in growth like you have investors by investing in retention to help you shift your marketing budget to retention. That's why we exist. We're the Facebook ad of retention marketing. You put a dollar into us, 
you get a lot more dollars out. In some cases, over $100 for every dollar you put in, depending on you know the stage of your brand and what we're working with. Um, you know, same if your strategy is broken and you're not aligned with your customer journey, all these things I mentioned. Plus as we head into Q4, it's extremely, extremely important. Your results in Q4 don't come from the email campaigns that you send on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Those are great and very important. Don't get me wrong, but they come from what you do now. What are you doing the 90 days leading up to Black Friday? Because if people aren't opening your emails, if they don't like your emails, Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you send. They're just going to unsubscribe before they're going to unsubscribe during, they're not even going to open it. And they're definitely not going to buy something. And so you got to start warming that list. Now we're at the perfect time. We're starting to run out of time. It's prime time to warm it. If you want a proven partner who has a track record of successfully doing this for top high growth brands, you can learn more about Waybreak at waybreak.com. You can schedule a call with me and my team there. And we'll see if this makes sense to work together. We'll learn more about your situation and how we can help. And we'll go from there. That's how you have a successful Black Friday. All these principles I shared are patterns I've seen of successful brand owners and marketers make. And the same applies for marketers too. So like, even if you're a marketer listening to this podcast, you listen to this whole thing, you're like, oh, I'm not a bootstrap CEO. It's like, spend your budget smarter. Think deeper about email. If it's working and it's half-baked, imagine what would happen if it was fully dialed in. That's how we can help. You can learn more about us at waybreak.com. Hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. Curious your thoughts on it. Let me know what you think. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, a successful Q4. So uh, if you're not already on our email list, I recommend getting on that ASAP because this is where we drop regular insights like this uh, to our private email list that I don't post on LinkedIn and that I don't talk about on the podcast necessarily and you join that at wavebreak.co slash join uh, all the links will be in the description thank you so much for listening everybody if you enjoyed this episode drop a review on itunes i really appreciate it and thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the Waybreak podcast i'll see you guys in the next one now listener before i sign off stop me if this sounds familiar your email marketing is stuck you feel like you could be doing email better you're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or what what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge. And it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue. And then we'll execute it for you. 
If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible. And we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 